Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrell pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Yeah, and that's remarkable. Alex, the underdog Boston Red Sox, the 2018 World Series champs, they overcame so much struggle. They were so short-staffed. They have really no talent on this team at all. Uh, I don't know how they managed to do it. They had former South Carolina Gamecock journeyman Steve Pierce as the World Series MVP. And I got to say, this is a story that's almost as inspiring as Remember the Titans. What do you think? <laughs> Disney Channel original movie in 10 uh, years? I'm thinking yes. <laughs> if Steve Pierce can do it, Literally, I can do it. I'm going to become World Series MVP. How about that? Yeah, go for it, man. Shoot your shot. <sighs> of course, this was going to happen, right? Why did we think why did anything? We see this yeah, coming? why did we think anything else was going to happen? 108 wins. Why did we think anything else? Highest payroll in baseball. Best lineup we've seen in a long time since the 2017 Astros. Cert- they have certified psycho Chris Sale, like David Price with a chip on his shoulder. Like everything, everything fell into place for them, and we were like, "But the Dodgers are the Dodgers, so they got to win some point, right?" The the thing is, they don't have to win at some point. And I'm sort of concerned that uh, we might go through this whole little stretch of the Dodgers being great and having a really high payroll and a lot of young, great talent, and we might have nothing to show for it. Los Angeles might have no championship parade at the end of all this, Alex. And I'm, I'm I deeply upset by that, I gotta say. Yeah, that's tough. Now, imagine what it's like to be a Dodgers fan. Your visiting Mets fan is upset that he's not going to get to witness a parade that isn't even for his own team. I have to say, even if I adopted Dodgers fandom, it wouldn't even like help me. The Dodgers haven't won since 85, right? Or 88. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think 88. Mets 86, Dodgers 88. I still have had to wait just as long, in theory, retroactively, for talking about how tortured <laughs> my new team is. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm not going to pick up Dodgers fandom. But it did suck a little bit to watch Boston win another championship in the 21st century. <laughs> Their fourth World Series since the turn of the century. Jesus Christ. They've won I know, four right? I guess- of the last 14. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Baseball's supposed to be par- Baseball's supposed to have parity. Yeah. No, it's not. Are the, are, the, <laughs> are, the, are, are the Boston Red Sox the new Golden State Warriors? My column. Yeah, right. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk a little bit more about the World Series, and we're going to uh, get into some fun off-season gambits. But before we do, my name is Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Baisley. This is Tipping Pitches. We're pivoting to basketball, Alex. The fans are demanding it. You know, we have no baseball left to talk about. It's like three days after the World Series. The World Series was kind of a little bit boring, so now we're just going to be a basketball podcast. What do you think? You got Milwaukee Bucks takes? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm so down. Utah Jazz. Let me. I I got them for you. What do you think about the swingmen on the Charlotte Hornets? <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to d- dispute though. The World Series was we. The World Series ended on on a on a very a very boring note. It was like the most. It was the most fitting way. It was like a 5-1 win, and it wasn't particularly close the entire time. And there was some mild managerial controversy. And it was just like a ho-hum. As you put it, it was like a June baseball game. And the Red Sox just kind of waltzed off with it. But prior to that, we had an 18-inning baseball game. This was effectively a six-game series. So I'm here for it, man. What do you think of that, making that game count for two? Like, what if that game had counted for two and the series was suddenly 2-2? Two, two? <laughs> That'd be way more fun. Uh, that would be way more fun. Take me through where you were watching that, because you were going through some feels, man. It was like 3.30 in the morning on the East Coast. You were having a hard, hard time. You caught like a second, a third, and a fourth wind at one point. So what was that viewing experience like for you? I know I was falling asleep, and I'm three hours behind you. 
Yeah, man, that was a uh, that was rough. Uh, I think <laughs> I think like twelve thirty rolled around. The game had been going on for like you know three three and a half hours at this point. I'm like, all right, this is this is taking a while, but we're probably nearing the end. Uh, and then Jackie Bradley hits his game tying home run off Kenley Jansen, and like all of Twitter melts down and is like, oh my god. Uh, and it's like, okay, the Dodgers have a chance to come back. The Red Sox also have a chance to pull ahead. We'll see. The 10th inning ticks by. The 11th inning ticks by. The 12th inning ticks by. And at this point, I am so tired, man. It's like 2 a.m. <laughs> and my girlfriend has long gone to bed. I'm just sitting there like in the corner of the bed with my laptop propped on my knees, trying to find a comfortable position, tr- like prying my eyelids open. The 13th inning ticks by, the 14th inning ticks by. By the 16th inning, I'm wondering if I should like seamless or go to the uh, go to the bodega on the corner to get another meal. I'm like wide awake at this point. I'm like, I'm ready for 24. I could do 28. Let's break the record entirely. I am ready. I was like, I was amped up there at the end, man. Uh, that was that is one of the wildest baseball games I've ever witnessed in my entire life. It wasn't wilder than game five from last year with that, that crazy game that was like 12-11 with a bunch of home runs and the walk-off hit from Bregman. But that being said, it was still pretty wild. Um, I was like not, I had not caught my second or a third wind like you. I was not ready to go to the bodega, even though they don't <laughs> have bodegas in fucking California. But um, I was like, I had just, I had just gone out to dinner for all you can eat sushi. So I was like really full, which was making me tired. I had had like, I, I went out to drinks with some people at work for like a couple of coworkers last days. So I had like just had like, you know, two or three beers or whatever, and then a bunch of sushi. And then I came back to like watch this game. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, God, I didn't sign myself up for this, guys. <laughs> Which is why I was like, we should just count this one for two because I, I don't know how many more hours I have in me right here. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I was I was kind of wondering, like, like would they ever stop the game? You know, like at what point? Like at what point in the game? And you were you were telling me you were texting me about the uh, the Sam Miller piece that we have talked about on the podcast before about like what if a game goes fifty innings and, and it would you know completely break the scales of anything that we can comprehend? But like honestly, like if they it would end to, careers. If they got to like 22 or 24 innings, which was at this point in the night, anything was possible. Like I really yeah. thought the game could just go on forever. Like would they stop it? Like how would that how would that even work mechanically? I think they would probably have to. If nothing else for the fact that like it's televised and like you can't just knock out a whole day of TV, right? Yeah. Uh so maybe just for the broadcast's sake, like you come back the next night. But that would be really weird because how do you come back the next night? What if the game just ends? Do you play a double header for the World Series? <laughs> <laughs> that seems ridiculous. <laughs> I was talking with someone during the game, like uh, like a family member who was over, and we were just talking about like double headers, and they were like, "It's so weird that like baseball has back to back games like that." It's not that weird. They don't really do very much. But then, like thinking yeah. about it in the context of the World Series, I'm like, "That that can't happen." <laughs> <laughs> we can't have you know playoff legacies Clayton Kershaw and Chris Sale and David Price's legacies uh, as to whether they get a ring whether they make the Hall of Fame defined on whether like somebody got tired in the 25th inning of play and a doubleheader for game four of the World yeah. Series yeah right like Brock Holt just fell asleep at second base and missed a ground ball <laughs> You brought up second base. I was a little disappointed that Mookie Betts didn't play there at all. That is, that is true. That would have been very fun. I really thought it was going to happen. Like not only not only from like a this is a fun story to talk about perspective, but from I'm putting on my you can't see this, but I'm putting on my hashtag analysis cap. I thought it made the most sense. <laughs> <laughs> like he's clearly their most athletic player. He's clearly their best defender. He played second. No, he didn't play like at the MLB level, but he played high enough in the minors for long enough. He's played baseball his whole life. I mean, he might make a couple errors, but he's not going to be Daniel Murphy out there. And it gets your best hitter back in the lineup, or it gets your two best hitters back in the lineup at the same time. I know no one wants to hear us like retroactively 
grade Alex Cora's managing after he just won the World Series in his rookie year in five games. <laughs> but like, come on, Alex, next year, do it, do it for the storylines. You already got one World Series ring. Yeah, right. I want to see him just come out here and roll out the wackiest lineup. JD Martinez played in the field too. And and completely missed a fly ball. It like just did not see it in the lights and it went over his head. And it's like, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what happens when you just throw a DH out there. Things tend to thing tend to go poorly. He is a nightmare out there, dude. Remember <laughs> when the Diamondbacks bad. traded for him? <laughs> <laughs> he's like worse than Kyle uh, Schwarber. And yet he's also like Ted Williams, so that kind of balances it out. That's a that's a uh, like a baseball comp, like a historic baseball comp that we throw out pretty often. And I've had Red Sox in our mentions be like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> Red Sox fans in our mentions be like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Guys, listen to the pod. Know that everything we say is facetious." Yes, we are. Don't we are be 100% in my mentions. Serious. Don't be in my mentions unless you've listened to the pod. That's my new rule of thumb. If you're listening to the <laughs> pod right now, tweet at us. You know you're cool. But if you're not listening to the pod, don't fucking tweet at us. We're, the thing is, we're turning into like sports writers who people dive into their mentions when they write a new column and be like, oh, girl, blah, 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 blah. And they just reply, read the column, read the column. Did you read the column? Did you actually read it or did you just read the headline? Did you actually read? Like, we're just turning into those guys now. Well, you heard it here first. We're washed. Uh, yeah. Clayton Kershaw is washed. The Red Sox are the World Series champions. You probably didn't hear that here first. And baseball is over for the 2018 season, Alex. We're going to have to wait till a weird year, 2019. That's not a real year. <laughs> we're going to have to wait till that year, till we get <laughs> baseball back in our lives again. I just want to say real quick before we move on, Sean Manaya no hit the Boston Red Sox. So therefore, by the transitive property of baseball teams, that's the rule. Sean Manaya owns the 2018 Boston Red Sox, and the Oakland A's, by default, are actually better than the 2018 Boston Red Sox. So when we're talking about greatest teams of all time, you pretty much are legally required to include the A's <laughs> in the conversation. Otherwise, I will show up at your door and fight you. You should actually do that. You should fight everyone in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to fight the World Series. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I wonder how. I hope they're doing okay. You know, I hope their banner is good. You think they got another one? <laughs> We're gonna I, see I another story so. from the Boston Globe where two guys mysteriously find a Red Sox World Series banner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I, so. I love the transitive property. That's fantastic work on your part. That's just those are the rules, man. That's how that works. Yeah. I'm sure by the transitive property, like we could find a way to get Tim Tebow a ring too. So if that's the rules, <laughs> then we could make it work. Um, I, anything that gives us a reason to talk about Tim Tebow. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're actually going to talk about Tim Tebow's former agent, the new GM of the New York Mets, Cody Van Wagen, and my guy. you scroll back in the podcast feed, you will find me, a lifelong Mets fan, and you, Alex Baisley, a newly adopted Mets fan over the last two to three years. I don't know. Well, it's, there's no defined date. But um, you'll find us both slightly trashing the even, even the concept of the Mets hiring an agent. <laughs> Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, and Tim Tebow's agent to be their GM. I just want to say, I want to put it out in the world right now first. I want to be the first one to say this on the pod. I'm easily bought. If Brody Van Wagenen backs up a Brinks truck to Jacob deGrom's house and extends him for 10 years, I'll go back and I'll wipe the feed. I'll delete everything I ever said bad about him. I wow. will do that. I have no no journalistic integrity here wow. at Tipping Pitches. I just want to say, Brody, you have your chance, man. This is your chance to not be a Wilpon stooge. I can't wait to watch you fuck it up. Alex, <laughs> you have takes on Brody Van Wagenen. Go. <laughs> 
first of all, his name is Brody. So you're going to be hearing us say the name Brody a lot on this podcast, especially over the next six months as he shows us uh, what he can do. That's Brody, Brody Van Wagenen, uh, new Mets GM. This is a weird experiment. Like even for the Mets, you know, it's just a little out there. Uh, in part because like this thing, it, it happens sometimes. It's happened in basketball. It has, I, I think, rarely happened in baseball. But like, it comes at a especially weird moment for the team where like you have a lot of talent and you're kind of ready. Like your window's closing, and so you're like, we're going to bring How in dare someone. You? Who, I'm, How dare I'm you talk shit about Tim Tebow like that? Tim Tebow and Dominic Smith are the saviors of. He's the, got ten the more Mets good franchise. years than him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, man, uh, maybe ten years down the road, he's in the front office. You never know. I want to see Tim Tebow run a baseball team. Don't you dare put that thought in the world. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, it's not the weirdest thing ever. Our friend Brody joining the front office, like my good friend Brody. That's what we're gonna refer to him as now. He's the yeah. third member of the pod. He's just never here. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. I don't know. You as a Mets fan, what? Do you, how do you feel about it? I think easily the funniest part of this is that three weeks ago you sent an email to this guy trying to get Tim Tebow on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally just googling Brody Van Wagenen phone number. <laughs> <laughs> you were on this train first, man. You're like you're basically the shadow GM of the Mets. You're the shadow president of baseball operations for the Mets. <laughs> You're pulling strings in in dark rooms. You're making phone calls. Um, I really am. As a Mets fan, uh, I, th- I feel like I, I put a little tweet thread out there into the world from the Tipping Pitches account that that made my thoughts known. Um, all jokes about our good friend Brody aside. And Brody, if you're listening, turn the pot off right now. Um, I wonder how the Mets keep finding ways to make the decision that everyone else in the entire baseball world thinks is wrong. You know, like, I I put this in tweet form and maybe I was not nuanced enough about it. I was like, the Mets keep fucking up at every turn. That that might or might not be true in this case. Who knows? Maybe Brody Van Wagenen is the new Brian Cashman or something like that. You know, maybe he's (laughs) like this guy who's just like, he's going to be really great in the media and he's going to be really analytically driven. And once the Wilpons finally get their meddling hands out of everything, he's going to be perfect. I've heard he's very well respected. I heard he knows his analytics. I heard the hiring made Scott Boris very angry, which these are all good things. (laughs) But all that being said, that's kind of beside my point. My point is that everyone thought that this was a conflict of interest. Nobody thought this was the right move. Everyone thought they should be hiring Heimblum from the Rays because the Rays do everything very well, except spend money. But that's an entirely different conversation. And yet the Mets still found a way to make the most blundering choice. Like they just made they find ways to make things look really stupid all the time. And as a fan, I mean it, it's exhausting. Like it's grating to constantly be like this punching bag and to also like make it into a feedback loop, right? Not only are the Mets a punching bag because of things that are out of their control, when they do have a chance to control things, they do stuff like this. They hire the agents of their three most high-profile players to be their GM. (laughs) And then they're like, everything's fine. Nothing to see here. There's no conflict of interest here. And I mean, sure, he's divested all of his stock in CAA. But the the issue there is that he knows all of this personal information about players and can now potentially leverage it. I mean, I know our good friend Brody wouldn't do that. But (laughs) a lesser man... (laughs) You know, they're setting a precedent for other teams now. A lesser man, a Scott Boris type, might do that if some team ever gave, God forbid, Scott Boris the chance to run a front office. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like, it looks really bad. And the Mets, they traffic in looking really stupid on Twitter. Twitter is the worst thing that could have ever happened to a franchise like this, where people can just throw out conspiracy theories and they could just constantly rail against the Wilpons. And the Wilpons probably don't even have a good concept of what the Twitter is. I realize that was probably a, a pretty long rambling thing, but you know, I have thoughts and I haven't been able to share much about the Mets in the last <laughs> couple months because they've been irrelevant. So there you go, Alex. You wanted my takes. You got my takes. Brody, come on the pod. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll give we'll give you an, a chance to uh, to explain your side of things and and why you think Jacob Degrom does deserve a ten year extension. I mean, I wouldn't disagree with him on that front. Absolutely not. He earned it this year. <laughs> it is. You are right. It's like, oh my god, the Mets are just such a a. a a capital F fail of an organization that they like had all the choices in the world for GM. Not all the choices. Many people turned down interviews just from the <laughs> from the start. <laughs> um, and the guy they landed on is just because he's Jeff Wilpon's friend. Like they're just buddy buddy. <laughs> he's just a fellow grifter who just d- jumps in and wants to take a slice of the pie from other people. And it's like <sighs> this could this could work out incredibly. Like he knows how to negotiate and he probably does have some familiarity with analytics or it could work out terribly because he's literally never been on this side of a baseball <laughs> team before, right? Like, well, what do you now that you point that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's never done this before. Remember when the Diamondbacks put Dave Stewart as their GM and they were like, uh, this is going to work out fine. He's a baseball player. He knows what he's doing. And then he just traded Dansby Swanson like from the get-go for nothing, for nothing. And it was, it still went down as one of the worst trades in MLB history. And I don't, I I hope the same thing doesn't happen here. I'm really crossing my fingers, but uh, who knows, man. Is there, do you think from your, in your unbiased opinion, is there a worse franchise in baseball to like try and apply for a job for? Like what would be what would be the a, a worse position? Like from a GM standpoint, maybe the Marlins? Maybe? Uh, no. They've oh, even no. cleaned up their act. Well, it'd be close. It'd be close between the Mets and the Marlins, which is funny because they're in the same division. Um, yeah, I think the Mets are probably number one because who wants to deal with that? Who wants that problem? Yeah, you literally what have person- to have Jeff Wilpon like sign off on every single move you do. Oh, and Jeff move. Wilpon is a fucking dunce. Yeah, he's a fail son of the Wilpon family. Like this guy knows nothing. <laughs> Have you seen that? That's no Jack. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think there is a worse team to work for because if you're qualified enough to work for a baseball team, you're not just going to have one baseball team come calling. So, like, yeah. if you think you could work for an MLB team in the future, why would you take a job with the Mets? Or if you're not qualified for a baseball team and you deep in your heart of hearts know that and the Mets come calling, <laughs> that's like verification. That's like two-factor authentication right there. <laughs> you thought you weren't qualified and the Mets are like, we think you're qualified. So therefore, go try something else. <laughs> um, we're going to say all this and then Brody Van Wagenen is going to be like fucking Theo Epstein 2.0. Yeah. He, honestly, he kind of looks like him. They all look the same. Let's leave our Brody Van Wagen and talk on this note. BVW, he left us with this message of encouragement. Us Mets fans, we're ready to go. Do you want to hear what he had to say to us? Please let me hear it. Today is day one of a new beginning, a new chapter, new chapter in my life. I want to deliver a championship to you now and every year in the future. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. There you go. I mean, he wants to deliver us a championship now. And every year in the future, he's like, he's like if one of those politics TV shows created a character that they wanted everyone to know was too wooden and too fake of a politician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks like a like a car salesman. Yeah, but he sells like high end cars. All right, I can't do this anymore. I can't talk about Brody Van Wagen anymore. So, in light of this, in light of me being a distressed Mets fan, which is just a constant state, we're gonna do a new thing. Tipping pitches here this year. At the end of every season, we're going to draft our side team. <laughs> we're going to draft our our second love. Um, you are a noted A's fan. I'm obviously a noted Mets fan. We love those teams. We're not going to stop loving those teams. We thought it would be more fun if we had more teams to talk about passionately on the podcast. We thought it would be fun to make it as random as possible. Alex, are you excited about this? Are you as excited as I am about this? I, I am very excited because I I say this without an ounce of sarcasm in my voice when I say I want an excuse to watch more Detroit Tigers games. 
or or uh, or uh, more, you know, San Diego Padres games. That's a that's maybe a very privileged thing to say because my other team very well might win ninety seven games, and it's okay. And maybe you don't actually. <laughs> maybe Tigers fans are like, no, you don't want to come watch this. Watch this team play. This is this is pain. This is terrible. But I. I'm excited for the opportunity to get a a new window into some parts of the league. Yeah, and obviously there are some landmines that we're going to hopefully dodge with this random team generator that I've brought up on on the internet here. Like I don't want to be a Yankees fan, I don't want to be a Royals fan. I don't I'm, I don't I feel weird about putting all these things out into the world. I feel like I'm jinxing myself. I'm going to set a couple ground rules. Actually, I think I'm only going to set one ground rule, and it's that if we draft, if we if we get assigned a team who's in our division, we're gonna we're gonna do it again because I don't think it's fair to ask either of us to root for a team that's directly competing with our team for a playoff <laughs> spot, uh, for one playoff spot from from our division. So if I get someone in the NL East or if you get someone in the AL West, we will re redraft a new random team. I'm excited about this. I think it's cool to kind of like get out of Mets Twitter, get out of A's Twitter for a sec and just kind of see what other teams fans get upset about over the course of uh, 162 games. So without further ado, I'm going to give you the honor of going first in listening to me click my laptop (laughs) and uh, assign you a new team. Are you ready? Is it weird that I'm like nervous for this? Like I'm biting my nails over here. I'm like, you should be nervous. I'm going to refresh the page so it's legit. Okay. You know, I don't want I don't want you to think that I I set this up or anything. Yeah, I'm kind of I can't see you right now. You could just be pick, like picking a name. There may you may not even have a laptop in front of you. I don't know. How do you think I'm talking to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, you're killing the illusion. People think we're in the same room, Alex. Ugh, I'm sorry. All right, let's do this. Are you ready? Drum roll. Let's let's do it. Three, two. One, Alex Baisley's new team for the 2019 Major League Baseball season is the Minnesota Twins. All right. Yeah. I'm come about it. My boy Byron Buxton. I can I can live with that. They got some they got some fun guys over there. Immediate reactions. My boy Byron Buxton and they got some fun guys, I think. (laughs) (laughs) They have a they have a lot of fun outfielders. I know that. Um and not much else. And they don't have Joe Maurer anymore. That's pretty much the extent that I know about the twins in this in their in their current state. But uh but you know, I'm really looking forward to an opportunity to uh learn more and open my eyes. And I want to thank God for this opportunity for <laughs> uh allowing me to be bestowing such a storied fan base upon me. And uh and we're looking forward to delivering a championship next year and every year after that. <laughs> That's great. Um we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about each of these individual teams because we don't have a ton of time today. But um, we have a whole offseason now to get familiar, get acquainted with these new teams of ours. But I want to say, oh, well, the thing that we should do is I want to read the top Google search result for both of our teams. So for you, the Twins. <laughs> it's a great one. Logan Morrison, Irvin Santana won't be picked up by Minnesota Twins. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, I would imagine that's just fucking, that is stellar hot plate news right there, Alex. I would imagine they're pretty heavy, so picking them up would be quite the task. All right, you need to be stopped. Okay, and now it's my turn. All right, do you want to do, do you want to be? Do you want to do the selection? Does that make more sense if I send you the link? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. We get no no tampering at all. No tampering. Okay, Bobby, here we go. I have the you got pay. the link. I, I I got the link. Let's just establish real quick before you choose my team. No overlap, right? Are we on the same page about that? We can't have the same team. Correct. Uh, it would, right, it'd be fun, fair. but but probably less fun. We already root for each other's team, so we don't yeah. we don't need more crossover going on here. We need we need our own separate lives here. Yeah, I yeah, moved out exactly. to LA to get away from you, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bobby, are you ready? I'm nervous. I'm shaking like a leaf over here. <laughs> you counted down from three just to uh, hype up the suspense. I'm going to count down from twenty. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Bobby Wagner's 2019 adopted. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. <laughs> Fandom is the San Francisco Giants. When the Giants come to town, it's bye-bye, baby. Every time the chips are down, it's bye-bye, baby. His oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Austin's going to be so happy. Yeah, he really is. You know he's definitely listening to this right now. Hi, Austin. Hey, we're Austin, we're, we're brothers in this now. <laughs> uh, oh. That's a, that's fun. This kind of what does this mean about our relationship, though? Really, are you going to root for the Giants now? This is kind of root for Madison Bumgarner now. Now I have to dislike dirt bikes. This is kind of tough, man. I don't know. I don't even know if I want to do the. I don't even want to do the rest of the pod with you. Like we can't even be. I can't even be seen speaking with you. I was hoping I would get like the Dodgers or something just to make this easy. I already have a Dodgers hat or like the Reds. Yeah. I already have a Reds hat. Yeah. All right. Top Google search result. MLB rumors. Giants interested in Farhan Zaidi for president of baseball ops. <laughs> I got news for you. I'm interested in Farhan Zaidi for president of baseball ops <laughs> for the Mets too. Okay. We all are. <laughs> uh, that'd be cool. Hey man, the Giants, uh, you know, mom and dad and Toby stop listening, but like the Giants are fun. They're cool. I really like Buster Posey. Yeah, let's find ways to be positive about this. Um, things that I like about the Giants. Their stadium seems great. Never been, but it seems seems pretty on TV. It is. For it's a little overrated. <laughs> uh, Buster Posey is fantastic. Brandon Crawford looks like a pirate. Uh, they have Pudge Rodriguez's son, and he's really good. Yeah, true. Good call. Young talent. That's yeah. a good it's a good direction to go. Yeah, there you go. Um they have a extremely shaky bullpen, which I'm used to as a Mets fan, so that checks that box already. You know, you know, um, you know who they have? Our boy Joe Panic. Oh, so a, true. A mascot, of, mascot of the pod. Although, you know, we might as well punt though, because it's 2019's an odd year, and I only get to be a fan of them for one year until next year when I draft a, a different uh, side team. Damn, I'm sorry. That's rough. <sighs> what uh, a waste. Yeah. Well, now more futile rooting, I guess. Yeah. See you in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. This is fun. We are going to continue this throughout the off season. We're going to talk about rumor mills surrounding certain teams. Now that I'm a Giants fan. Oh God, that sounds terrible <laughs> to say. Um, Although I'm a Giants fan in football, so maybe there's some weird synergy going on there. Um, now that I'm a Giants fan, we can bring Austin on to talk Giants. I can just do pods without you. Yeah, you don't even need to bring me on for those. It's fine. I'll renounce my <laughs> my poddom for that. Um, you didn't you didn't interview without me, so I'll interview Austin for the pod without you. There you go. Uh, for those of you listening who don't know, former guest of the pod, Austin Zimmerman. Uh, any last words about your twins before we move on? Not really, but I'm uh, I'm excited to see where we're going. They do have a lot of good prospects, so I'm here for that. And I'm jealous you got Byron Buxton. Yeah, uh, although uh, as as you'll see in our in our next segment, it uh, not not a great 2018 for him. But I'm I'm hoping that he he bounces back in 2019. So yeah, this is going to be the year for him. 2019. I feel it, Alex. I feel oh, it in my bones. Oh yeah. All right, we are going to take one more quick break. When we come back. The 2018 full season in review. So, before we started recording this podcast, I was trying to think of what to talk about and what better source of ideas than to just go and look at what we talked about last off season. And we talked about a lot of things. We really just kind of, I'm kind of surprised we made it through because we really re just relied on like the flow of news week to week, which sometimes there was not a lot. Let me tell you. Um, remember but, when we didn't know how to make a good podcast? <laughs> I, I do remember that. Yeah. It feels like a long time ago, but it really was not that long ago. 
uh, I think I think we've grown and learned a lot. Learned a lot, and we've learned a lot about uh, uh, takes as well. Certain takes. This is a, a favorite beat of ours. And in January, before the season, you and I, if you might recall, or our listeners, each picked three takes that we thought that we would see in the 2018 baseball season. At some point, you and I went back and forth and and picked the ones that we thought that we would see in the New York tabloids or something like that. So This was a great segment idea. I'm, I'm so proud of our former selves. I don't remember doing this, barely. I yeah. barely remember doing this. And I don't remember who came up with it or how we came up with it, but I'm, I'm proud of us. Well, we did good. It was so good that we basically repeated it for the <laughs> postseason. Like we did the same exercise like three weeks ago. <laughs> True. Um, so I, I figured it would be nice to just take a look back and see how we fared on those. So my first take, Astros become the villain this year. Didn't happen. Uh, it kind of did. Really? Yeah. I mean, people kind of soured on... Like the whole Astros, like analytics machine, treating people like numbers, that kind of thing. Uh, and then they had the trade for Osuna, uh, and that kind of made them into a little bit of a villain. There were some weird quotes afterwards from like Jeff Lunau. Uh So I don't know. They were a villain for a hot sec. That's they weren't true. the villain of the year, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Osuna thing was tough. People were, uh, were not feeling good about them come like... August. By the time the postseason rolled around, with the Red Sox looming so large, everyone was like, "Fuck these guys!" Anyone but the Red Sox. So uh, that hurt. Yeah. Your uh, your take worked off that same one, which was, uh, "Could the Astros be the best team ever?" I feel like we probably did see that. Right? There was definitely some column written at some point. Are the Astros the the best franchise ever, or the best dynasty ever? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Somebody had to write that somewhere. Although, again, it's the same situation. By the end of the year, the same conversation was being had about the Red Sox, right? Where people are like, are the 2018 Red Sox the best team we've ever seen? And I've seen so many of those takes. I think that we just thought that like the Astros would win it all again this year, and then that didn't happen. Like We literally had a segment that was like, should we just give the Astros the trophy now? And they didn't win the World Series, which, uh, which took a lot of heat off them. So that was nice in that respect. All right, I have I have I have an update for us. Yes. Um on January 11th, 2018, ESPN wrote a piece titled The 2018 Houston Astros could be the best team ever. Okay. <laughs> on October 14th, 2018, mlb.com wrote are the 2018 Astros the best Astros team ever. So you know, I feel like I feel like I checked that box. I feel like I get that point, right? All right Mark yeah, that up. Yeah, yeah. We'll give that one to you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you got half a point for yours. Because they were the villain briefly, but they were not the villain of the season. Yeah. Just like a, your run of the mill villain. All right, what'd you got next? Uh this next one I think that I won. Giancarlo Stanton struggles out of the gate, gets eaten uh, alive for it. Yeah. That was yeah. clairvoyant on your yeah, part. Yeah, boy, did that happen, man. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it was like within days. Was it within games? <laughs> you know? That was that was tough, man. And he then he was fun, and then he was like a four win player and hit like you know thirty five home runs, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, that's because it's Giancarlo Stanton, and he's good at baseball." That was a good call on your part. Well done. We'll put that in in your points category. So one and a half for you, one for me. <laughs> what uh, what uh, what's next on mine? Your next predicted take was. Uh, is Shohei Otani too soft to pitch in New York? <laughs> that was a funny one. And this was this was like you know amid like Shohei Otani drama, right? Like just weeks after he decided like where he was going to sign, we were like, oh my god, like he is going to just rule the headlines for 2018. And then he like missed half the year, and it was just a total damper on everything. I know, but he like hit still, and he was a lot of fun. Um, the, the, is he, is he too soft? My quick Google results are indicating that that column was not written, though I feel like I did read it at some point and I haven't <laughs> looked very far into these Google results, but, um, we'll count that, we'll count that as an L for me. I think that was one of those takes that it was so telegraphed, so obvious yeah. that like no one even ended up writing it. People just ended up tweeting it. Yeah. It was too, Cause like he said no to the Yankees. 
Yeah, he said no to the Yankees so early on that like it wasn't even worth writing at that point because that wasn't the interest was still around. Where is he going to go if he's yeah. not going to go to the Yankees? So you know the news cycle moved too fast for me on that one, man. I still feel like that was a good was a good opinion on my part. That, w- that was good. It was good. We totally could have. I'm not that. second guessing myself. <laughs> uh, my last take was that we'd start hearing calls for Tebow to hang it up, which I don't even think. That I'd that, say that's wrong. I don't. I don't think that happened. Like he was having a either. pretty good year, and then he, uh, what he like broke his hand and was out for the season. Yeah, that damn hamate bone. Yeah, right. Got him. But he's coming hamate back. Strikes again. He's coming back, and it's going to start the year in AAA. So uh, the ball is still rolling. Yeah, the ball is definitely still rolling. Um, the official take of the Ringer MLB staff is that he was like a legit prospect for them last year. <laughs> that he was going to get at-bats in the major leagues if he didn't break his hand. Uh, yeah. So I would say that that counts, uh, that, that doesn't count for you. So no, that's a loss. You end up with one and a half out of three. Yeah. Um, and, and it's going to come down to the buzzer here. I can either take the lead or I can go down in shame. <laughs> so let's hear my last take. Your, your last uh, predicted take was that uh, the Mets should blow it up. Uh, <laughs> T- tough. Why do I do this to myself? Tough one. <laughs> On, the thing is, like, I mean, they did switch GMs, so clearly Jeff Wilpon thought they should blow it up. So you got, <laughs> you got the win from Jeff. Is it too lame for me to say I think that's a half win? Because there were certain players that people wrote that the Mets should trade, and there were some people that wrote maybe the Mets should trade DeGrom or maybe the Mets should trade X and keep Y, you know? Yeah. But I don't think everyone was like, the Mets should tear down. The Mets should burn the franchise to the ground. I'm sure there's some people who wrote that on like Amazing Avenue or something like that. Yeah. But um, I would I would count that as a half, yeah. probably. So we're coming in neck and neck on that one, Alex. Yeah, we came out in a tie. I feel like overall we did okay. Not great. Some wins. We batted 500. Yeah. What do you mean? That's great. This is baseball podcast. Uh, in, in the middle of that segment, when we were, when we were uh, predicting the takes, Andrew McCutcheon got traded, and we broke it live on the podcast. And we were when our our hot, you know, in the moment reactions were like, "Oh, this is pretty good." Andrew McCutcheon's pretty good. The Giants are going to be pretty good. That one failed. Thumbs down on the, on that take from us. That just did not. The Giants, my new favorite team. Yeah, your new favorite team. That uh, didn't turn out well. So don't come to us for for any real baseball analysis. Just the just the dumb headline uh, take machine. Yeah, man, that's what we're here for. All right, moving forward, this is what we're going to wrap up on at the beginning of the year. Our season preview, in addition to the predicted takes, our big season preview blowout was. The all gift team. We will link to it in the description. It was some of the best work that we've done here at Tipping Pitches. It's some of the the work that we're most proud of. Alex did even did some some web design for it. Wow, it's fantastic stuff. Wow, just round of applause for us on this. Anyway, the concept was we drafted the players we thought were most likely to produce the best gifts of the 2018 season. Um, so we're here to give you a quick update on our squads. We're gonna go best worst. And we're going to go guys that we wish we would have drafted. So since you just did the honor of reading all of those takes off, I will start and give you a quick break. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say let's start with the uh, the worst. We're going to get the bad news first. I think my in, in review, and this is going to be sort of a different reading on worst. It's not that he didn't produce as many gifts. And it's not that he uh, wasn't an entertaining and fun player. And it's not that I don't like him. It's just that he did produce the most, he produced the worst looking gifts. <laughs> Meaning he produced some uh, some questionable moments. And that is none other than Manny Machado. <laughs> I'm putting him in the worst slot because there were some gifts that I would not like to represent my my 2018 gift team in hindsight there were some ankles stomped there were some uh less than ideal moments he had a lot of really fun moments but i didn't know who else i wanted to throw under the bus and it feels like everyone else is throwing manny under the bus so i'm gonna do it real quick but (laughs) i still love you manny but come to the mess for every ankle stepped on there was a crotch grabbed so it all just kind of balanced out in the end yeah that's fair point my team was just so stacked i mean i don't don't know what you want me to tell you (laughs) (laughs) all right who you got for worst Uh, i think i have an inkling 
yeah, I mentioned him just a few minutes ago. Byron Buxton got 94 plate appearances this year. Spent most of the year either injured or in AAA. So that was an L, like a big fat capital L. Um, I think that he could come back next year. I'll keep him on my squad, but that uh, that didn't turn out well. And I was mostly banking on the defensive plays anyway, which is kind of a risky move. And uh, yeah, this was just a big, big bust on my part. You had a couple of big busts, not to like drag, dig your team, but because I think you undoubtedly had the MVP, which we'll be getting to in a second, the GIF MVP. But uh, yeah, you whiffed on Byron, you whiffed on Bartolo. Yeah. Those were gambles. We weren't sure how much either of those guys were going to play. Um, but your team was top-heavy for sure. We'll get to that in a second. My best. I had a hard time picking. I'm sorry. I did. I had a hard time picking. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with two. I'm going to go with a tie between Francisco Lindor and Shohei Otani. Both guys that I chose for... Well, I chose Lindor for the big smile. Uh, which was just very steady. He produced regularly for me all year. And then I chose Otani for the just ability to throw pitches that look absolutely ridiculous. And it turned out that he did a lot of, like he had a couple triples. He hit a lot of home runs. He was even better at the plate than I could have ever anticipated. And so he had a lot of camera in his face moments. Um so I think he really came through for my squad also. If this was a, a like a futures league, like if this was a keeper league, um, I'd be pretty set with those two guys at the top of my squad. Yeah, that's not bad. Lindor just produces and produces and produces. He's a he's a gif content machine, man. And and Ot- yeah. and Otani too, when he's actually on the field, which I mean it's tough. Because you're not going to get any of those pitches in 2019, right? It's you're going to be relying on the 500 feet home runs. So we'll see how that turns out. Alex, tell the people who your best your best player was. I know who it is, but tell the people. You know who it is. The listeners probably know who it is. It's the one and only my my one my one true love, and I'm beaming as I say this. Yasiel Puig. <laughs> oh God, how did I not? I had the first overall pick and I, I flubbed. Yeah. I went with Bryce Harper. I should have took Yasiel. Yeah, there was Harper had like the the home run derby bat flip, but beyond that, it's like I don't know. Yasiel, man, every the home run derby bat flip though. Let me just say real quick before we get off Harper, that melted my face off. Oh, it was very good. Yeah, we need more more in game bat flips like that, in my opinion. But uh, but Puig, man, Puig, Puig, Puig. Oh, I mean, aside from like licking the bat, which oh my god, he's such a freaking weirdo. But especially, he just amped it up in the playoffs. Like he and Manny Machado would like play off each other. Puig had his things where he was like posing while lying on the ground at third base, or like pumping up the crowd or taunting people. It was. It was so much fun to just watch him as a baseball player and then also immediately save every single one of those gifts to my desktop for future use. That was that was really <laughs> enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Great so, pick on your part. Well so ma- maybe not the World Series MV Puig, but the MV Puig of our all-gift teams. And honestly, what's more important? So true. All right, real quick. The guys we wish we would have drafted because we're, we're running out of time on this one. Um, I'm going to go with Ronald Acuna. Mm. He just had so many moments where he just cranked the first pitch out of the park and uh, and everyone just went apeshit behind him. And him and Ozzy Albies, that relationship they have in the dugout is something special when it comes to the uh, the camera zooming in on them. Yeah, um, There were a lot of moments where they were like messing with each other's hats or like shoving something in the other person's face or... Uh, handshakes, all that stuff. There's a lot of young, fun energy on that team. And uh, I-, I want some of it on my gift squad. And Acuna, let's be honest, like he he could be the best player in the league in three years. So I want him on my squad if I could go back and I could pick. I mean, how are we supposed to know? There, you know, there's really no way to know with, with rookies like this, yeah. even though Otani was one of my most valuable gift players. But when it comes to Acuna... I know for the future now. He will be on my big board next year when we do this, Alex. Naturally. Who is the one person you wish you could have drafted? I should have known this coming into the year because I knew 
I knew him very well and I knew how good he was. And I just, I don't know why I didn't think of this, but it's got to be Matt Chapman for the sheer mm-hmm. volume of defensive mm-hmm. gems that made my jaw just hit the floor. I mean, he was what I was shooting for with like Andleton Simmons, which I didn't really get that much of this year. But oh my God, Matt Chapman might be the best defender in baseball right now besides yeah, Simmons. The, you can tack off the Matt that might be. He's just the best. Yeah, like he's certainly the best at third base. It was just every single game there was something where I was just like, that's not that's not human. You're not allowed to do that. That's not really fair for the other teams. Uh, Marcus Simeon could just rest on balls hit to the left side of the infield. He didn't have to do anything. So uh, so next year, Maddie, you know you're my uh, number two behind Yasiel. I got you. It's going to be a real, that coin flip for who gets the first pick is going to mean a lot. It is going to mean, I, I, uh, I'm going to petition that we make this a keeper league just so that I can get uh, Yasiel Puig on my team again. No, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that was not established in the ground rules. I can go back and play it. I can, I can play it back for you, Alex. Um, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I look forward to that. I look forward to another off-season of trying to come up with better pod topics than we came up with last year. Um, Alex, you got anything else for the people? Not yet. I'm looking forward to the days where I absentmindedly open up the MLB at Bat app and just get really sad inside and then just close it and go back to my life without baseball. I'm excited for <laughs> six months of this. I pass by in the hour of There's a lot of soul. We've got some fun off-season stuff planned. We have a couple of new segments we're gonna look to introduce. Uh, we're gonna keep our new, our new, our new side teams running, and uh, we're gonna hopefully have some really cool guests. So stay tuned to the feed. Tell your friends to gear up with tipping pitches before. 2019 season starts because you're not going to want to miss it. Going to be the we're going to be the breakout pod of 2019. We're going to be the Ronald Acuna to all the podcast. <laughs> Get ready to listen. We're ready to do it. Alex, thanks for another great season of Tipping Pitches. We've done it two seasons now. Yeah, yeah, or like a season and a half at least, but two World Series, so it counts as two seasons for sure. I don't, I don't know how our brains didn't melt out of our ears during the last World Series in 2017, yeah, but right. we somehow made it to this year, so I'm thankful every day. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Uh, we will catch you next week. Is what was true now no longer so. Of course, the name's Brody. I E. I know. Yeah, right. I'm surprised it's not like B R A U X D I E. Get your get your listening ready. That's not a sentence. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> puig, puig, puig. Ah. Oh. the summertime song. Fold on the apple. Fold on the apple.